Welcome to Wandering in Hope. Now here's Madisonville Church of God pastor, Josh Benson. Hello everybody, this is Pastor Josh, pastor at Madisonville Church of God in the big hustle bustle city of Madisonville, Tennessee. Uh, don't forget, if you're watching this video, like it, share it, comment on it, and check out our podcast. Uh, who would have thunk that we had a podcast, but thanks to the talented Mike Anderson, we uh, if you go to uh, Apple uh, iTunes, you search your podcast list, if you type in Wandering, W-A, as an Apple, W-A-N-D, Wandering in Hope, It'll, it'll be there. There we are. And uh, so Mike is pulling the audio off of these videos, posting it to podcasts. So if you're washing the dishes or you're driving to work or you're mowing the yard, uh, we've got something positive and encouraging that you can tune into. Uh, every week we post a new video. We shoot content the first of every month. We finished up Scripture is the Voice of God. I hope that challenged you. I hope that deepened your appreciation of the Word. And uh, I'm going to spend quite a bit of time now actually walking us through the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, notice I said fruit, singular, fruit of the Spirit. We'll get to that a little bit later today. So I'm going to be fleshing out what the fruits of the Spirit are in detail. We'll take each segment, we'll basically zero in on a singular fruit of the Spirit. Paul gives a list of them in Galatians chapter 5. And what I have been doing on Sunday mornings is trying to hammer out a theology that's practical, uh, that causes us to take an inventory of who we are on the inside, okay? Because we all know that what we put on the inside is what comes back out. And so... That's what we're doing on Sunday mornings. I'm preaching on the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, we'll go through that uh, in cursory fashion through these segments. This first piece here is just going to be a background to, an intro, if you will, to the fruit of the Spirit. I'm going to read from Galatians chapter 5. I'm going to read verses 22 and 23. Now that larger section of verse 13 through 23, it really fits together well if you read on your own, but verses 22 and 23 is where I want to live for the next, uh, for the next good while. Uh, so I'm going to read this to you. Galatians 5 and 22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. All right. Uh, Basically, what I want to get across uh, today with you is a single idea. And that idea is that when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, there's a singularity of character that's involved with it. Uh, I'll show you that as we contrast with the gifts of the Spirit that Paul gives us in, uh, in the letter to the Corinthian church. Oscar Wilde, the uh, story is, Oscar Wilde was a famous Irish poet. And uh, I know most of you probably know who he is. We're all into Irish poets, right? But anyway, he was a pretty famous guy in his own right. In 1882, he came to the United States. He gets off the plane. He's walking through customs. Somebody sees him, and they realize who he is. 
and they approach him and they're just ecstatic and they're wanting to talk to him and they ask him a very pointed question. They say, man, what, what are you hoping to bring to, you, to, to the United States, Oscar? What, what are you going to give us? What are you bringing here with you? And he said this. He said, only my genius. <laughs> Humble guy, right? Fifteen years later, Fifteen years later, in 1897, he was alone, in prison, and he was broke. Didn't have a penny to his name. He began to reflect on his life and the excess that he had lived with, uh, the rambunctious lifestyle that had landed him where he was. And he said these words, I have been a spindrift of my genius. I forgot that every little action of the common day makes or unmakes character. You know, it would be nice if Scripture would exempt us from scrutiny for the way that we treat others, for the way that we behave. It would be nice if the Bible had said something like this. Paul could have said, well, yeah, I'd like for you to be kind and for you to be patient, but let's at least try to be kind today. <laughs> Oh no, Scripture does not do that. There's a singularity of character built into the fruit of the Spirit. And so what I want you to get out of this is understanding that God has not called you to deal with, to propagate, to, uh, to, to uh, give birth to uh, any one of these fruits. God has called you to live with the manifestation of all these things that Paul is in Galatians 5 and 22. All these things in your life. Um, so joy, uh, love, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All of these things we're going to be held accountable for that we manifest these in our daily life. Now what I've been encouraging people at church to do is, you know, you could write it on a note on your phone. You could put a Google Calendar reminder in there daily at, you know, 3 p.m. or, you know, at the end of the day, before you go to bed, whatever. Um, and, and and check yourself. Make a post-it note. Put it on your refrigerator so it's the first thing you see. Read Galatians 5.22 and ask myself, am I showing love this week? And then the next week, am I showing joy this week? And let's go through these together and let's actually take an inventory of our life and ask ourselves, are we doing these things? Can you see these things? All right. Now, when Paul talks about the gifts of the Spirit, I want to contrast this so you get a little clearer view uh, of the singularity of character with the fruit of the Spirit. When Paul talks in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 about the gifts of the Spirit, check this out. This is what he says. There are different kinds of gifts. He says there are different kinds of service. There are different kinds of working. He says, but it's the same Lord that brings them all to be. Now, check this out. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another the message of knowledge. To another faith by the same. To another gifts of healing. And it goes on and on. Miraculous powers, prophecy, uh, discernment, uh, speaking in tongues, uh, interpretation of tongues. 
And so Paul says, you know, all these are the work of one and the same Spirit. So this is, Paul's understanding of the gifts is predicated on this idea of unity in the midst of diversity. So you have different people that have different gifts and they operate in those gifts in the church. But it's for a common good and that good is the glory of the Lord. Okay, this is very different than his understanding of the fruit of the Spirit. All right? He doesn't say to one person, God gave love. To another person, God gave forbearance. There's a singularity of character that's built into this. All right? If we consider God's commands, commands, um, then we have to live by those commands. All right? Sort of like the law when Paul tells the Jews, uh, when Paul talks to Jews uh, in Galatians, he will say, you'll hear him say, uh, if you're going to subscribe to the law, then you'll be held accountable to the entire law, to the whole thing, okay? Well, it's that way for us with the fruit of the Spirit because what Jesus has accomplished is that He's accomplished character transformation in our life. Read Matthew chapter 5. It's all about character transformation. It's all about making me empowered, able, profitable in the fruit of the Spirit. To be a loving person, a patient person, a kind person, forbearing, on and on. So, all right, I want to show you something. Uh, there's a guy named David Chadwick. David Chadwick talks about what kind of neighbor would you like to have? <laughs> right? If I asked you what kind of neighbor would you like to have, you might say anybody other than the one I've got now. I don't know. Um, I know growing up, like I did, my folks were country folks. You know, my folks come from the mountains. And, you know, Lois, uh, Lois would tell Daddy, hey, you know, uh, beans are coming up, you know, get you some beans or whatever. Tomatoes are ripe, you know, come over and get you. And Daddy would get some, but he would never take more than he needed. And uh, I just remember being good neighbors, like having a good working relationship with one another. Um, so, you know, that takes two things. It takes somebody who has a good heart, but it also takes somebody who puts that good heart into action, okay? So I want to show you something. Chadwick asked this question. He says, what sort of neighbor would you like, a person with good habits or a person with a good heart? What sort of friend would you like, a person with good habits or a person with a good heart? What sort of husband or wife are you looking for? There's single people out there listening to me. What kind, of, what kind of wife, what kind of husband are you looking for? Somebody with a good heart or somebody with good habits? All right. What kind of child are you trying to raise? A child that has a good heart or a child that has good habits? Okay. All right. He concludes that what we really want are, is to be surrounded by people who have good hearts. All right. I think there's a problem with this. Okay. In the economy of Christian ethics, there is no way to separate what we do from who we are. All right. There is no way that that happens. And sometimes this is what happens. Okay, I'm about to drop a theological bomb on you. You need to hear this. This is because we have watered down and we have totally... Uh, misaligned our understanding of grace. Grace in the church is preached and taught like it is being let off the hook. Alright? So grace is God saying, oh yeah, you did that. We'll forget about it. Alright, yeah, that happens under grace, but that's not the point of grace. Okay? 
Paul says in several places in his salutations when he begins letters, he'll say, Paul the Apostle called by God through the grace of Jesus Christ or something like that. He ties the grace of God to the call, the empowerment, the act of sending him out, okay, and identifying himself with the kingdom, all right? Okay, so grace is not God saying, all right, we'll just forget you did all that nasty, ugly, bad stuff. Grace is God saying, I'm not going to hold that against you because I'm going to empower you to do something greater with your life. Grace is about empowerment, okay? And so you can't take somebody's life and say, well, we're covered by grace. We messed, you know, I mean, we, we messed up, but we got good hearts. We really, we really messed this up over here, but we had good intentions. <laughs> oh, man. There's a lot of mess in the world that had good intentions behind it, you know. God does not parse out in our ethics, in the way that we live our lives, who we are from what we do. Think about this. The question, would you rather have a child with a good heart or a child with good habits? Okay, how do you teach a kid good habits? Enlighten me. Think about this. Uh, our our, our youngest, our, our son, James, I call him JC sometimes, uh, that crazy fry bunch, my sister-in-law, and then they call him Jabs sometimes. Uh, Ashley will call him James, whatever, you know, but he, you know, our little boy, the little curly-headed blonde boy that you'll see in church on Sunday morning, the way we teach him good habits is that we enforce good action. How do I teach him to have a good heart? I can't operate on his heart. Only God can do that. All right? So I train him up. I raise him up in the way and admonition of the Lord. All right? You can't train people to have good hearts. You can't. God told Israel, He said, One day, I'm going to circumcise your heart. I'm going to do an inward work. Put my spirit in you. What Paul calls being made a new creature. Hey, you can't train somebody's heart. That's God's business. So the way that we understand good people is by what they do. Jesus didn't curse the barren tree in Mark because it had a good heart, but it just couldn't follow through. Jesus cursed it because it did not bear fruit. And it did not bear fruit because it was a bad tree. And Jesus said, all right, you got a tree here. It bears no fruit. Tree's no good. What do you do with the tree? Let's hang Christmas lights on it and ornaments and pretend like it's a good tree. No, he didn't say that. Jesus said, cut it down. Get rid of it because it's good for nothing. All right? Okay. Um... I want to just real quick leave you with this and we'll go into the next segment. We'll start moving through the actual different fruits. Um, first one we'll touch on will be love. Next. Manasseh. Manasseh was probably the worst king in all of biblical history. Maybe the worst king that ever lived. He was a bad dude. All right. So God decided, Second uh, Chronicles, God decided, hey, I'm, I'm going to straighten this guy out. I got a plan. So God sends the Assyrian king in. He triumphs uh, over Manasseh. 
He takes Manasseh after the battle's over. He puts him into chains and he locks him up, puts a hook through his nose, just like the farmers did bulls uh, to control them. And, uh, and so here Manasseh is at rock bottom. But the Bible says something interesting about Manasseh. It says that Manasseh repented of his evil ways. Manasseh repented and it changed his life. And here's what happened. He was released from the uh, Syrian prison. And when he was released, he overturned all the evil that he had done. He got rid of the idols that he had put up. He called the nation back to worship in the one true God, uh, uh, Yahweh, the God of Israel. Um, I think it's a powerful story. And you look at Manasseh's life and you think, man, how could somebody's life have such a dramatic change? You know, how could this crumudgeon of a guy become a godly man? How could he have the fruits of the Spirit in his life? Because he repented of his sin. It's not enough to say, I want to be a good person. It's not enough to envisage yourself being a good person. When we have bad fruit, we need to repent. We need to prune that branch out. We need to get rid of the dead that's, that's choking the life out of moving to the other productive branches in our tree. And we need to be a tree that bears fruit. So this is Pastor Josh. I hope you'll stick with us as we go through the fruit of the Spirit. And, uh, you know, hey, you might figure out you got something missing in your life. We'll help you find it back. This is Wandering in Hope. Check us out. Check the podcast. We love you.